Welcome to the Level Up Podcast, brought to you by Century 21, the Harrelson Group, featuring masterminds with real estate leaders, coaches, and influencers, plus eye-opening strategy sessions with up-and-coming agents. You'll learn exactly how to go from agent to entrepreneur. And now, let's get to the latest episode of Level Up. Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the Level Up podcast, where you learn how to go from agent to entrepreneur. Uh, we are off the chain today because Greg Harrelson is out of town. He's out of country. And so it is me and our wonderful guest, Allison, is with us today. We're going to talk all about team culture and really fostering a supportive team environment, uh, what it takes to build a team that you're really happy with, that, that supports the lifestyle that you want to lead. Uh, we'll also talk about some of the challenges of working in a resort market, and we'll have uh, Allison explain kind of what that means and what her market looks like and uh, how to build and run a successful team in that environment, which is very similar to what Greg does out in Myrtle Beach. So first of all, Allison Simpson, officially welcome to the Level Up Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Ooh, glad excited to have you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, tell us a little bit about what the uh, what the team looks like now. And you, you've been in business for, you know, 15 plus years. I know you started off so as, as most of us do, but tell us kind of who you've surrounded yourself with. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, let's see. So right now I have a team of eight and it's always kind of hovered around between five to eight. Um, so we are a boutique firm and we have a great location here in Summit County. Um, and yeah, I started as a, as a single agent and very quickly realized that if I was going to level myself up, I was going to need to have some help. And so hired my first assistant as most people do kind of not knowing what that person is going to do. Um, and so I actually, I shared an assistant with another broker, a friend of mine. We said, yeah, we both need some help. Let's do this. And so we hired Kelly and he was, you know, we, we split him, right? She, she had him two and a half days. I had him two and a half days. And that worked really well for a while until we both got a little busier. And so then we kind of, kind of split up, learned some good lessons from that and, um, and figured out how to, how to kind of keep moving forward. Um, and then I had the opportunity. I had a, um, you say, who did I surround myself? I, I was very lucky in my office. I had, there was a woman who was very successful and, um, had a, a huge book of business and she was just became a real mentor and friend of mine. Um, and, and it started really because I just finally asked her, how do you get so many listings? And she said, you know, nobody's, she said, nobody's ever asked me that. And I thought they haven't, I can't believe no one's ever asked you that. So I asked her that and she was just more than happy to, to help me. So that's kind of a, a, a good little reminder is, is ask for help. Um, yeah. So she was, she was very instrumental in, in helping me and we became dear friends. And then she um, opened up her own brokerage. And then when she got ready to retire, she asked me if I wanted to take over. And I did, and um, I've never looked back. That was in 2005. And so it was sort of, um, you know, I inherited a team um, mm -hmm. that was smaller than it is now. Um, and, you know, one of the things I thought is, oh, this is going to be a piece of cake because, you know, this team is already, you know, they're already flying at 30,000 feet. I just need to, to get on board. Um, but what I kind of failed to realize was that I really needed to be in a rocket ship to get up to catch the plane. So there were a lot of, there's, there were a lot of learning curve things that I, um, that I, I did, but I, I feel like it was, um, the best thing I ever did. So, yeah. um, you know, since 2005, I've been the team leader and the rainmaker and, you know, keeping the, keeping the plane flying, so to speak. Mm, that's um, awesome. You know, we have, and you've got, have, uh, you know, yeah, the, tell us a little bit about the agents that you have on the team. Now I'm, I'm sure they were a little bit different from the team that you inherited, but now you've yeah. got some, some support staff and you've got really uh, like a handful of really great agents that do mostly buyer sides, right? 
Yeah, yeah, and I've got. Um, I, I would say the the structure of the team is very similar. We didn't. We haven't really changed that very much. Uh, I have one broker who's with me that was with Joyce, was with the woman before me, that's still with me, and um, she's the senior buyer specialist. But she also works a lot with her own um, sphere of influence, and um, you know her past customers come back to her when they want to sell and, and list their properties with her, and that works really well for us also. So I've got a total of four buyer specialists, and. Um, um, that take all the leads. I don't work with buyers except for a few, you know, maybe dear friends that, that might come through. But, um, you know, mostly that, I've set that set it up that way because that gives me a little bit more freedom and flexibility. Um, I've got a transaction coordinator that we all work with, and she works off-site. She's not in the office. Um, and she's, she's great, and, and that works. Actually, I, I, I used to have transaction coordinator in the office, and I would say it was really great when she moved out, or she when we, we switched and got a new one that worked from home. Um, and I always was sort of hesitant and skeptical about that, but it is it's great. It just lowers the drama. It lowers the talking in the office. It just helps everyone really, truly focus on their specialty and what they're good at. So, Interesting. And then, okay, and then, so basically the only people showing up to the office – are the agents, and then you've got like your weekend yeah. admin that I'm assuming rolls in and handles the phones and stuff like that. Yeah. On the, on and the I've, I've got an operations manager too, um, okay. who's here every day with me, and she's really she does the operations, right? She does everything and and really helps works with the sellers, and she serves as a listing coordinator as well. Perfect. Okay. Awesome. So let's go through just kind of how you guys got to be. Uh, you mentioned that you're the rainmaker, you're handling most of the listings, and then you've got the buyer specialist. So tell mm -hmm. tell the folks a little bit about where the leads that those buyer specialists are working, where are they coming from? Yeah. Well, you know, and we're we're very good at tracking. That I think is is so important to keep everyone accountability accountable. And and one of the things we talk a lot about is you know tracking the the leading measures, not just the lagging measures. You know, right. the lagging measures being the the closed and the, the final deal. But we really track not only the leads and where they're coming from, but you know how many leads is it taking to get to an appointment? You know, how many people are you getting in your car? Um, and then how many people are you actually writing contracts for? And then how many are those going through? So our, our leads, you know, we, we've got 60%, maybe, maybe it's 50, 50 to 60% that are um, referrals and past customers that are coming back. Um, you know, sure, we, we get internet leads um, and we, we spend money, not a ton of money, um, on Zillow and Trulia and Realtor.com and Homes.com. Um, they help us out. They give us leads, and we, we scrub those as well. Um, and, you know, the other, the other part of piece of our puzzle is that because we're in a resort market, most of our sellers don't live here. I don't need a lot of them. I talk to them on the phone um, and, I, and via email. Um, but so we do a lot of direct mail still. You know, and I say a lot. It's, it's not um, every month, but every other month probably. So okay. I, I, know, I know people say, oh, you've got to reach out every 20 minutes and we just haven't found that that's really as necessary as it's more annoying to people than it is really necessary at some point. Okay. So still doing direct mail and still, and, and helping your agents by tracking and you mentioned the leading indicators. What is, what is the way that you kind of keep like a regular meeting schedule with those agents so that you're revisiting those leading kind of measures yeah. consistently over time and, and how are you coaching them to get better at those things? Yeah, great question. Um, I guess it starts with um, 
Well, it starts with the culture. You know, it starts with the culture of, and you, know, you hear that all the time, great, have a great team culture, have a strong, positive culture. You know, what, yeah. what is that? Well, it's basically just, you know, the, the attitudes and values and, you know, how people come together and how they're, how they're flowing. Um, you know, is it a, is it a safe space where people can, um, can talk about their, failures or their questions or things that are or are not working for them. Is it a safe space? Um, and we really start with, with making sure it is and um, going through the core values and the mission statement, all that stuff that, that is so important. Um, so that's kind of the, the, that's way leading indicator, right? Is making sure that we have, that we're all connected that way. Um, so then we have, we have, we call it, we call it a, a whiteboard and it's basically kind of our, you could think of it as a dashboard, but everyone has their own whiteboard that basically you put your prospects on one side and then they, they work their way over to the closed side, which is on the mm -hmm. right side. So, you know, and you've got the, the, the dollars that you anticipate that they might be buying or selling that's included there and how much money you might make. So it gives you, you know, a little bit more of a, a picture, a little bit, keeping people visual, um, everyone's tracking that all the time. We do meet every week. And I would say we don't, you know, we meet for an hour, hour and a half, sometimes longer if we've got projects that we're working on and, you know, we all really enjoy each other and really enjoy spending time together. So that meeting, while it is a little bit longer than team huddles that you typically hear about, um, we, we just really, we really like it. We go through all the contracts and really talk about, you know, how many leads did you get? How many appointments did you have? Did you have any trouble getting, getting appointments. How are you doing? What is your conversion rate? Um, you know, and, and once a month we go through the actual metrics, everyone reports the metrics and, and talks about where exactly they are. And is this meeting your goals? And, you know, are you, are you getting there? And so, and all these meetings are kind of as a, as a team, I kind of, so in other words, everything yeah. is in public in front of all the other agents, right? Yeah. We're all, we all come into the office. So. Gotcha. Perfect. Okay. Um, and, and just to, to clarify on the, on the lead gen, um, so you guys have had your website since what? Oh, three, oh five. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, three is when it started. Yeah. yeah. So you guys get a lot of just kind of natural organic search traffic yeah. for yeah. the, for the listings that are in your area, not only for your own, but also for the other listings. And, and that, that helps generate the buyer leads that those buyers agents are working. Right. Yeah, I, I I didn't know that was part of the the dynamic of the internet was the longer your site was around, the higher it was going to be on the rankings. But that's true. So you know, if you're if you're thinking, oh, I should, I need to change my site or change my domain or change change something, be careful. Um, Make yeah. sure that that is. <laughs> wait a minute, <laughs> don't do that without don't do that without really doing some research and figuring out if that's really the best thing to do. Yeah. Yeah, 100% agreed. Um, so, uh, so let's go back a little bit to uh, to when you first took over and kind of inherited this team, right? So it wasn't a team where you had necessarily handpicked the people. You were just kind of dipping your toe into figuring out how to even create a culture and what you know how that group of people rolling into an office every day does create its own yeah. culture. So you mentioned that there were some lessons and you had kind of had to like jump on a rocket ship to catch up to this team yeah. that was essentially already moving, right? And then yeah. you're expected to now take over and lead. Um, what are some of the in interesting things that you feel like you learned and, and yeah. then were able to take into the next iteration of the team? Yeah. Um, that's a good question. And uh, that's there, a big question. The, yeah. yeah there, that's a big question. Yeah, I, I do. I was like, I was saying that I, you know, the, the plane was flying very well at 30,000 feet and I had to be rocketed up to the plane and there was, there was some learning. I think, um, you know, I tried in the beginning to really 
um, take a, a little bit of a backseat and let see what the team was doing, see what the culture was doing. And um, I, you know, the, the, some of the people were here were people, I, I liked everyone just fine, but I found fairly quickly that we had some differing um, values and differing um, ways that we thought work should be done and how, how it should be done. And I was, so I, I sat back and I didn't, I, I wasn't strong enough in my own leadership to say, Hey, you know what, this is, this is the way I feel like we need to be going. Um, yeah. Or this is, this is a way that I feel like our culture can be stronger. So there was some attrition and, and it was, it was fine. The time it was hard, you know, when people leave and you're like, Oh, what are you doing? But I was glad that they were leaving in, in a way it was, it was okay. Um, because it wasn't exactly, it wasn't my team. It wasn't, it wasn't exactly what I wanted. Um, and you know, the, the one woman who's been with me this, this whole time is, is fantastic. And, and we do align very closely and, um, you know, we challenge each other and we, um, don't always agree on everything, but we are aligned in our, in our core values and, and what we really feel like we want of, you know, helping people and being of service, um, which is, which is really important to me more than focusing on how many deals did you do? And, you know, I've always been one that says, Hey, how many families did you serve? How many, right. how many people are you working with? Because that, that always has resonated more with me. And I feel like that's what this business is really about. So, yeah. Yeah, which and, and that is that that in itself is a value statement, right? It's a it's a statement of what you value more, whether it's the deals or the people. Yeah. And uh, I heard somebody say once, when it comes to relationships, and this applies to both you know romantic relationships and business relationships, that it's a lot easier to get along with folks, and it's a lot easier to have a long term relationship when you share the values, but your personalities are different. Right. So yeah. introverts, extroverts or thinking, mm -hmm. feeling, mm -hmm. you know, like all those mm -hmm. things, like it's nice to have like that dynamic where you have different yeah. personalities, but the values have to, for the most part, be aligned. Yeah. Um, and yeah. It's, yeah it's, it seems like that's it. I think what one thing that's tough for, for team leaders, and it seems like you found out the hard way is that you can roll into a group of people or you can build a group of people around you where mm -hmm. your personalities mesh. And so everything yeah. looks like it's going good at first, but underneath that, then you yeah. start to dig into the values and you realize, oh, wait a minute, we're in conflict. So then it starts to affect everything else. And you realize, okay, we got to, we got to part ways. We may get along, but that's yes. not enough. You know, yeah. Values, yeah. I mean, values are more important. So true. And, and, you know, building a good, strong, positive culture in a team is more than just, you know, collecting a bunch of people that you, that are just like you. That's, yeah. that was, that was a hard thing for me too, is that, oh, wait, I need people that are different than me. You know, we, we have, we do all the, we definitely personality test everyone now who comes in this office. Really? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, just out of curiosity, what, what are you, what, uh, uh, cause I'm assuming you're talking about like a disc or a. Yeah. Or a... Yep. Yep. The DISC is what we do. And I'm an ID. Um, ID? I try okay. to make my, I try to make my D a little stronger. I'm really mostly I, but yeah. I, I, I try to, my leadership self, I know I need to make that a little bit stronger. And, yeah. and we do that with all of our, you know, we all have tested that way. We all know it, what each mm -hmm. other, what, what the personality types are in the office. You yeah, know, and I know that, yeah, I, I, I knew it didn't, I didn't always know this, but I knew, I know now that, you know, for an operations manager, I need someone who's an SC, you know, I need a, I need a cheerleader. I need someone who can support me and my I-ness, you know, like, <laughs> even though I, I hate to admit that, but I need for someone to be like, yeah, good job. You're doing great. You know, I, I need that too. I, I think yeah. that's part of the, the team culture that, 
that's that's really cool about a teen culture is when everyone feels supported and safe and it's not just you know top down it's not just the leader doing everything and making everyone feel okay that didn't work for me um right. you know it needs to be it needs to be collaborative and everyone um everyone working on on making it a, a positive fun space and you know we spend a lot of time together um you know not just meetings but we also we have a fun club once a month where we just get together and you know whether we're just having going out for cocktails or going to a cooking class or we go out on a pontoon boat or whatever we're just like okay what's the fun club what, what are we doing sometimes we invite the families and sometimes not but it's just <laughs> you know coming together and just having fun and and being you know strengthening our values and our personality connection so I like it. And that's definitely something I need to get better at. Uh, I have I have staff that's scattered all over the place uh, to a certain mm -hmm. extent, but I do have yeah. folks um, that are in my hometown uh, that I that I just don't make it back home as much as I maybe would like to. So I don't I don't see them as much. And then I do have yeah. my key persons actually here in San Diego, and we don't get together anywhere near as often as we could or should. And that like mm -hmm. that goes back to me being way too D and not enough yeah. I. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Even though even though I show up as 99 D99I, it's funny how those things they don't like That's your behavior funny. doesn't always yeah. quite match what you test out as. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, and part of it is just not the could or should, but you want to get together, you know, and, mm. and you say you want to. That's that's part of it too, is just is just making it a, a place setting a place where you want to, where it's fun and you have something that, you know, is a common, okay, we've got this project to do. One thing we did this year that was really successful for us is we did um, made a list of the 18 things we want, 18 in 2018. So 18 projects that we wanted to accomplish this year. And um, we made a bulletin board and we had little pieces of paper that for each one of those things. And, you know, here it is. I realized last month, like, you know, oh shoot, we still have a lot of things on this list that we need to get done. So we really talked about, you know, prioritizing, but it's been a lot of fun to move the little pieces of paper from doing to done at the bottom. Okay. And it's been a real, I, I think it's, it's been good for our culture. It's been good for the team to have some shared goals and some shared projects that, you know, stuff you always kind of talk about doing, but maybe just don't get around to. And, you know, maybe it's as mundane as, you know, updating the top producer plans or, you know, maybe it's exciting, like revamping the social media program or, you know, I don't know if that's exciting or not, but it's a little bit oh. more um, jazzy than the top producer. Yeah. Than jumping in the top yeah. producer. Yeah. Um, okay, so, so basically, so you pulled the team together. You guys came up with all this list of 18, 18 different projects that you wanted to, to theoretically tackle in 2018. Yeah. Um, so how did you go about setting, okay, well, who who takes the lead? Who who needs resources from these people? How do you how do you give people kind of a sense of ownership so it doesn't yeah. fall on you to push every single one of these projects forward? Yeah, that's a, that's something we'll do better next year. <laughs> but we've got <laughs> maybe um, maybe nine maybe nine projects in twenty nineteen. Yeah, um, and I think you know having a kind of a spreadsheet where it's like okay, here's the project and and what we did do is is put dates on all of them and mm -hmm. so at our team meeting once a month, basically a little bit more than once a month, it was, okay, the project this month is to figure out how to get more Zillow reviews. And so mm -hmm. what, what are some ideas? Here's talk to your people. What are we doing? And then next week we, we came back and came up with how to put the plan into, into motion really. And so, you know, one of the things was we needed to order new signs. Someone volunteered, Hey, I'll do a little bit of research. I'll figure it out. We'll come in. We'll get the signs ordered. So it's, it's a, uh, it's kind of been 
a little more organic of how it happens of who does what, but um, that's worked okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm, the reason I ask is I'm always fascinated because you, you and you hit the nail on the head. You kind of mentioned people talk a lot about culture. Yeah. There's very few things. A lot of times when you listen to it, you come away with the impression that, oh my God, that person's an awesome leader. And that's like, it like exudes out of them. And you all oftentimes don't walk away with like a sense of here are, here are two or three things that they do that I could also do, you know, like in my own business. And yeah. so I always, I always press people uh, just to kind of break it down into, okay, how does, how does the culture actually show up and, and what do you actually do? So I like that, you know, I, it actually shows up in weekly meetings, the fun club, the projects, like all those things, all, the, all of those are things where you could, they could be very scattered. Right. That everybody yeah. could be working from home. You know, you could get together kind of, well, we get together whenever we feel like it. And then you realize that it's really every three months. Um, yeah. There's lots of ways for that to go wrong. And there's lots of ways for the culture to just kind of yeah. chug along and not really build. Um, but you have like three or four very specific ways where you pull people together and it actually comes together like in a physical space and you're doing things on a regular basis. So I think that helps people like really kind of get a, a grasp on. Yeah. How do you actually build culture and not just talk about culture? So I, I love that you're doing yeah. some some concrete things. Yeah, you know, one other thing that that just occurred to me that I do um, before our meetings on Tuesday is we, I'll I'll start with like helping set an intention, or we'll do a, a clearing. Like, okay, if you were to give me, um, you know, what a, a number of how you're how you're doing, how your how your body's feeling, how you're feeling, one to ten on each of those things. Where are you? And what would it take to get you to, if you're an eight, if your body's feeling like an eight, what would it take to get you to a nine? And, you know, maybe it's, oh, I, I missed my workouts or I've been eating like crap or I drank too much or whatever. And it's just a, you know, and then like yesterday we we're talking about Zillow reviews. That was our thing. So I, so we started the, the meeting with, okay, you've just got a killer, awesome review from Zillow from one of your past customers. What did it say? And everyone was like, oh, he, he, giggle, giggle. I don't know. You know, and it took a minute to like, well, I, you, you could almost see that they were feeling, um, you know, shy to, to toot their own horn and to sort of put it out there. Like, I was, she was a rock star. She was the best transaction ever, you know, but as soon as we kind of got going, everyone really got on board and really got into it. And I just am a firm believer in kind of setting the intention and putting it out there that that's what's going to come back to you. So we do that. We start the meeting. Very good too. exercise. Yeah, it's very good because it 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 um it also forces you, even if it's just subconsciously, to think about okay, what are the things that I should be doing and how should I be working on our systems to deliver that kind of a response from people to to know exactly yeah. what response you want to get. I like that a lot. That's that's a great. That's a that's a uh, that's what I would call an exponential question. Uh, it's just it's a question that has all kinds of good yeah. good good side effects just by yeah. asking it. Yeah. It was a great, it was a great conversation. Yeah. yeah and you know, honestly, it's, it's just a clearing. It's a chance for people to get attuned to the meeting and to bring, mm. bring them, bring themselves in and let, leave the, you know, the kids and the dogs and the whatnot, get that out of the room and just yeah. bring their, bring their attention into the room. So. Yeah. Love yeah. it. Well, I have two two smaller questions for you uh, about the resort market and listings. Before we do, uh, remind people, you mentioned Summit County. Fill people in that might not know yeah. exactly where you're at, just the area yeah. that you guys cover, and what's the best way to reach out and connect with you guys to send you referrals? Okay. Yeah, so Summit County, Colorado is really basically the ski areas in, in Summit County. So it's Keystone, Breckenridge, Copper Mountain, um, Arapaho Basin. Um, the towns are Dillon, Keystone, 
Silverthorne, Frisco, and Breckenridge. And we're, we're about a half a mile away from, half, half an hour away from Vail. So we, um, we do referral work there as well, but that's all, it's kind of the ski area. And I guess the best way to reach me is just by email. And it's um, allison at summitrealestate.com. And it's A-L-L-I-S-O-N at summitrealestate.com. Yeah, that's super easy. So I didn't, uh, I didn't follow up on this when you originally mentioned it, but I'm curious, when you asked Joyce, uh, I think it was the gal's name, what she was yeah. doing, how do you have so many listings? Because I'm curious about just the way that it is in the resort market. What did she say? Um, oh, yeah. So it was funny because she was she was taken aback and like, well, she she said, I have to think about it. I want to talk to you about it, though. Okay. No one's ever asked me that. And so, she, but she circled right back around and, and said, okay, let's go to lunch. And, and then she shared with me mostly, this was, you know, 20 years ago. Well, not quite. Yeah, it was probably 20, yeah, 20 years ago that we started being friends. And, um, and so a lot of it was direct mail, direct marketing, um, lots of mailings. And that was, I just didn't know that that was what, what she did and what she was doing and, and actually how she was doing it. And, you know, at the time it was before, they had, you know, before you had like express copy that you could just send your list to and they would mail. So she had someone who was doing it for her yeah. and just sort of the coordination for all of that was, was a big deal. And, um, you know, and again, she, she always just said too, just, just asking for the business, you know, going, making, doing your prospecting and being out there in the, in the County and being at the function. So when the people are out of, even when they're from out of town, they still do the fun things that we have here and just being out and about and meeting them. And so. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. And then uh, just given the fact that you've kind of been really steeped in a resort market, but I'm sure you talk to a lot of other agents and just are friends with agents, especially in Denver, that, that are seeing yeah. what's going on there, right? And and a lot of people are in similar markets where it's just exploding. I mean, Denver is absolutely growing like a, like a weed, uh, part, yeah. pardon the pun. Um, but, yeah. uh, I mean, it's, <laughs> and Denver's that too. <laughs> It's insane right now. I'm, I'm, I lived there from 2010 to 2011-ish, and I so I got out before really the boom happened. But it was, but I so yeah. I remember what it was like before that. Uh, what do you think is is unique, and what does it take to kind of succeed in a resort market that you work in versus what might work in just your average yeah. growing city like Denver? Yeah, well, it's interesting because we tend to lag behind the national market a little bit, and hmm. um, and by the, the Denver market, we tend to lag behind them, you know, about 18 to 24 months. And someone once described it to me, it was like, you know, if you're a fly fisherman and you're, you know, casting your, your rod out, the, the end of the rod is Denver. And the, it takes a little while for the string to get out, um, the line to get out into the water and, and, and vice versa. Like, so we just tend to lag a little bit. And part of that makes sense. Like if you're, you know, an orthodontist in Denver and things are going really well in Denver, um, you're going to buy your second home. If things start not going so well, it's going to take you a while to know that to before it I'm feels so. like, okay, I'm not going to, yeah, yeah, exactly. It takes a little while to, for that to happen. So we tend to lag behind. We also, we watch, um, we watch San Francisco and we watch the, the tech um, markets on the Silicon Valley because those people right now are getting priced out of San Francisco and, and Silicon Valley, and they're coming to Denver. They're going to Denver, right. Portland, and Seattle is where they're going. Yeah. So we watch that, but but as the market kind of dips a little bit, and Mar and Denver is starting to see a little bit of a slowdown, um, oh, and we're, okay. I'm, I'm keeping a close eye on that because things as things then get a little bit more affordable in San Francisco, which those prices have dipped a little bit, mm -hmm. people stay there because that's stay really the, the hub and where they want to be. Some want to be, you know, um, and, and so that's causes a little bit of slowdown. So I, I anticipate that we'll probably see a little bit of that as well. Um, not seeing it right now, but I think we probably will. And 
we're not entirely uh, the interest rates don't really affect us very much because over 50% of our deals are cash deals up here. But where they do affect is not so much dr directly, mm -hmm. um, but it's it's a, the confidence. So when the consumer oh, confidence, yeah. they keep hearing, oh, God, the interest rates are going up, 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 up. Even though that really doesn't affect them, they hear it. And so it sends the consumer confidence down a little bit. Um, for that resort, for that resort home buyer. So this is a little and, bit different. And given that's interesting, I've never heard of the the like the just that you're so closely watching Silicon Valley. It makes sense. I, I don't automatically think of it like living in California. Yeah. I hear more about people going to Portland, Seattle than I hear about people going to Denver. But to me, that makes sense because I love the area. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Given that, do you go out of your way to like? build relationships or make sure that you go to agent events like Inman in San Francisco to try to meet as many agents in that area and generate referrals or does that kind of happen organically over the years? Yeah. I mean, I would say it's, it's organic mostly. I, um, I, 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 that's a great idea. You know, should I focus there? Yes. I do try to focus on those agents when I meet them other places. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but Inman's an awesome one. And, you know, I like the um, real estate success rocks with Patrick Lilly. I don't know if you know about that one, but it's a great, great conference that I've been involved with for years and star power before that with Howard Britton. So I know lots of people all over the place. And okay. that makes sense. Yeah. 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 yeah that's awesome. Very, very cool. So, we have, yeah. we have other things to talk about. I'll, I'll share some stuff after, after the live broadcast uh, okay. about that. Just some, some commonalities there, but I love it. So, so it's Allison at, was it summit Valley real estate? Summit oh. real estate. No doubt. Just real summit, okay. summit real estate. Yeah. Cause summit I'm in summit estate. County. Perfect. That's what it was. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, and then, so anybody that's, that's, uh, that's watching here on Facebook, uh, first of all, I just want to thank you, obviously, and then make sure to, uh, to go leave a rating and a review for the show. And if you enjoyed Allison's episode, make sure to give her a public shout out, uh, in the review and thank her for her time and her contribution. Uh, I know everybody misses, uh, Greg on the show. He'll be back with us next week. Uh, and you can always reach out to Greg on Facebook. So he is extremely responsive. Maybe not so much when he's in Italy, uh, but normally he's very <laughs> responsive, uh, through Facebook messages. So uh, any questions that you have for him, you can always reach out to him through uh, through Facebook. Uh, with that being said, Allison, and thank you so much. And, and everybody that joined us live, I really appreciate everyone's time. Uh, and we'll see everyone on the next episode of Level Up.